0: In all the time that I've been doing photography, there's two words I never thought I would put together. Rocket photographer. But that's what we're going to do today. This is Behind the Shot. Hi again, welcome to another episode of Behind the Shot, the podcast where we try and get inside the mind of great photographers by taking a closer look behind one of their shots from conception to completion and all the challenges and stories and weird stuff that happens in between because as we all know when was the last time planning ever worked on anything and today i've got a guest that that brings those two words together rocket photographer i never thought that i would would say those two words in a sentence and i've been chomping at the bit for this episode for quite some time before we get to, to eric let me just let you know we have relaunched I am doing Behind the Shot on my own now and you can find all the information including a blog post associated with this episode at BehindTheShot.tv. All the past episodes are linked to there as well and of course they head over to the This Week in Photo YouTube page. Uh, You can see some of the old episodes there as well and I think they may still be up at the ThisWeekInPhoto.com site. But from this point forward, it's gonna be at BehindTheShot.tv and make sure if you were a subscriber to Behind the Shot when it was on the Twip Network, Make sure that you resubscribe so that you get all the new episodes right into your podcast app. And I'm also trying to, uh, I, this is never going to work. I'm trying to get the podcast up into the new and noteworthy in iTunes as I'm relaunching. You've only got like two weeks to do that or four weeks, something to that effect. But it, it it's based on the number of subscriptions and reviews and things like that. So if you head on over to iTunes and drop us a review and make sure that you subscribe, again, you can find all the info at BehindTheShot.tv. It would be much appreciated. So that brings us to today's guest. In what I shoot for a living, I will never get anywhere near what this person does. And I think to myself when I say rocket photographer, there's so many images that go through my head but nothing even that goes through my head that I could picture creating equals anywhere near what Eric can do. I'd like to welcome Eric Kuna to the show. Eric, how are you, buddy?
1: Hey, thanks. Uh, glad to be here. Glad to have uh, be on the show.
0: Yeah, I, I, again, you and I have talked on social media a little bit, yeah. and I'm a huge fan of your work. And there was one shot that I saw come through the feed uh, yeah. and, and and I think it came up on Instagram, it might have been, I, I don't remember, which is the shot Literally that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And before we get into it, I just want to spend a little bit of time kind of visiting you and who you are and what you do. So as I say, you are a rocket photographer. Do me a favor and explain that to me.
1: Well, so um, I cover um, rocket uh, launches out of Kennedy Space Center over NASA, um, Cape Canaveral. Um, as well as um, up in Virginia, uh, Wallops Island. And um, I do that for um, various news agencies um, and online agencies that are in the space news uh, industry. So I um, get to go out there and shoot the launches and uh, document the launches for them so they can go uh, you know, tell everybody about all the cool things that are going on with space.
0: So you're not you know, because a lot of people go shoot these things from the visitor areas, right? They'll set up tripods mm-hmm. and do all kinds of things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's not, I mean, it's, it's you in a way, but you're actually being hired by the NASA's and SpaceX's of the world to, to photograph these and document them for their own internal either marketing or whatever the case might be.
1: Yeah, well, a lot of what I'm doing is working for news agencies in that space, um, not necessarily I'm working with NASA or with SpaceX with credentialing. So all our credentialing goes through NASA and SpaceX, ULA is another one that we cover. Um, and we um, work with them to get these photos that we can share with the world about what they're doing, uh, what missions they're sending up, what what payloads they're sending up, Uh you know, like uh, this week, they're sending a, a commercial resupply to the International Space Station. So I'll be over there in just a couple days. You know, See, see that.
0: and again, some people photograph these from visitor areas. I understand all of that. Mm-hmm. But you have kind of an access point to something that I think almost all of us as kids, we're all old enough to remember By or myself, at least be yeah, close I enough. The, the viewers close enough to being old enough to remember the space race. Right. And I know yeah. I am, as you can tell. Yeah. Um yeah. When the US declared we're going to put a man on the moon and things like that. So, I, I think many of us have always had this fascination with space, whether it be through movies or photography. You've worked, we mentioned SpaceX and NASA, but also uh, Orbital ATK, yep. uh, United Launch Alliance, and yep. some of the magazines that you do coverage for. Can you name any of those? Well, so um,
1: I do stuff um, for Space News um, as well as um, Spaceflight 101. Um, and I work with um, a couple other companies, uh, but um, nothing's come out yet. We haven't so done anything yet.
0: Here's the other thing that's interesting to me about this you work with them doing photography, but you also work with companies in the photography space. Correct, So correct. if I'm not mistaken, so you've like worked-
1: my full-time job is not this, right? You know, so my full-time job is at Kelby One. So I, we're an online community where we teach photography, Photoshop, and Lightroom.
0: And, and, um, and along with Kelby One though, you've also worked with, correct me if I'm wrong, b and I was researching you, B&H, yeah. uh, Google, Canon, Adobe?
1: Yep.
0: I think yep. Adobe We've too? We've worked
1: with all those over the years. We uh, did a conference with uh, Google uh, we work with Adobe all the time, obviously, we have a conference called Photoshop World, which Adobe is Photoshop so we work with Adobe very closely on that conference. Um, we also teach in the Photoshop and lightroom space, so we work closely with Adobe uh, with with b and h uh,
0: and we do a lot of stuff with canon as well so yeah so let let's go into let let let's touch a little bit on the the Kelby end of things right what's your position with Kelby one?
1: So I'm the vice president of operations. So okay. I'm the guy every day making sure the things are running.
0: <laughs> it's funny. It just hit me, though. We're not that much unlike, right? You're shooting rockets. Mm-hmm. I'm a concert photographer. Neither one of those will pay your mortgage payment usually. No, they will um, not. you got to have a full-time job as well. So with Kelby One, you mentioned Photoshop World, which for 2018 just finished. Do you know the dates yeah. for the next ones?
1: Uh well 2019 we're in Orlando and we're back in Vegas so we're doing two shows next year. So we went away we were doing one show a year and now we're expanding back to uh two shows. Uh the dates uh off the top of my head it's um um the end of May uh next year in Orlando and in August uh in Vegas. If you go to photoshopworld.com all the dates are there.
0: Okay, so that's perfect. And and if you have not been to photoshop world, it's kind of neat it's on both coasts, so no matter where you live. But I got to tell you, if you've never been to Vegas, Vegas to me is the one to go to, right? Vegas, Vegas is just a great place for a photography con- conference. Great food, some of the best food in the country and the world is in Las Vegas. Uh, look at going to to, to Photoshop World because it's a lot of fun. They have some oh, of the best instructors. Uh, my absolutely. buddy uh, uh, Alan Hess used to do your concert, yeah, concert pre-con. Photography. Um, yeah. So real quick yeah, just to finish it up on the kelby thing. Yeah, we switch, it. Yeah, say that, we switch say that it up again? every year.
1: Yeah, we switch it up every year, you know, we have uh some years we have the concert photography, other years we all have different pre-cons and stuff like that. But, you know, overall um yeah, the 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 show this year was um was our highest, highest rated yet. So, I mean, it was great and the survey data we just got back uh, last week, uh we had like a
0: 97% approval. Uh, which, which oddly, doesn't the... surprise me, yeah. because Crazy. knowing knowing Kelby one for so long, uh, when it comes to you know Scott going around and doing his his Lightroom workshops, uh, the classes, the books, the 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 conference as a whole, it really is. I'm trying to think of something else, but it really is kind of the the definitive online classroom training site for photographers, or, or I should say for creatives more than photographers because a little bit of everything. But, uh, And I had your buddy on, uh, Scott Kelby was on. Scott, yeah. yeah. And I got to say just really quick, two things really. Scott Kelby, everybody thinks as one of the preeminent photography educators, but people forget he is also one of the preeminent photographers, amazing. Oh, and yeah. his wife, Calibra. I follow Calibra on Twitter and Instagram. And if you are not following Calibra Kelby on, on Twitter or Instagram, she shoots with her iPhone amazing. better than I can dream of shooting with an SLR.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, what she does with her iPhone is just amazing. And yeah, if you, you know, definitely check her out on, uh, I know she was just, uh, they were in Norway and the shots she was getting from her iPhone were just incredible. It was like, well, I mean, it's just whatever camera you have will get the shot. You just have to, you know, work it.
0: Well, and and so. the old saying is whatever the camera is that you have with you is the best camera. Exactly. But usually for me, that's not true.
1: Yeah. Well, there is limitations. I mean, that's where, you know, obviously with with what I do, there is certain things that I
0: need a DSLR for. Right. But right. I love my iPhone. I love that camera. I'm it's telling great. you, the stuff that woman puts out is nothing Mm -hmm. short of fascinating. And she's agreed to be on on behind the shot too, down the road, so that'll be awesome. So let's get into your photograph here a little bit. And before I bring it up, just I asked you if you had a name for this photograph and you said you don't name them per se with an official name. You use kind of the launch site and and the project Mm -hmm. that it was. So the shot we're gonna talk about today, what is this from? This is
1: from uh, a uh, launch that uh, NAS- or SpaceX did for uh, SES Satellites. So it's a company that's sending up communication satellites uh, in Europe. So it was the 12th mission, so it was SES-12, and um, it's a SpaceX launch on a Falcon 9 rocket, and uh, it was shot from Jetty Park in um, Port Canaveral. So
0: okay, which usually, is the perfect, perfect yeah. segue to bring this shot up because... When I saw this shot on Instagram, I immediately, forget the photography end, right? The the young boy dreaming of rocket launches. This shot was everything I could imagine in a rocket shot. So let's get the technical stuff out first and then I'll drool over the shot a little bit more. You shot this with what body? So this was a 5D Mark III. Okay. and. It was shot
1: with a, uh, 15 to 30 Tamron, uh, 2.8, um, 15 to 30. Yeah. Okay. It's a Tamron 15 to 30. Um, great lens. Love that lens. I'm
0: I'm Um, curious before we go on from that lens that it sounds like Tamron's version of almost like a 16 to 35. It is. Is it more towards the rectilinear end at the 15 millimeters or is it more fishy?
1: No, it's definitely, uh, it's more rectilinear. I mean, it's, it's a really, really, uh, it's, it's what I wish the 16 to 35 was. So that's
0: why I got it. Really?
1: Yeah. So, it's a big uh, statement, now 16, my friend. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is. It's a, it's a great lens. I've taken that thing all over the place. So. Uh, do
0: you know the price well, point on that thing? It's about a thousand.
1: About a thousand oh, so it's about half a,
0: the price of the 16 to 35. Yeah, and you would, you. Are, are you saying you would choose this lens over the 16 to 35?
1: Um, yeah, I don't know if Kennedy would want me to tell you that, but I would, I would, yes.
0: That's, that's an interesting, I'm going to have to try oh. this thing. So what was the exposure on this? Do you know?
1: So that is actually, uh, that shot is an exposure blend. So there's two exposures there. Um, there is, uh, an exposure for the rocket streak, which was done at F 22, um, at ISO 100, um, uh, for, 231 seconds, which is the length of the first stage burn. So the rocket uh, lifts off and then the first stage goes up and burns for a certain amount of time. So I always have that time uh, kind of dialed in. So I know after that first stage burn and that stage separation, that's when I knew I wanted to end the, sh- the streak shot. Is
0: okay. I, I, wow. Okay. Two things. One, the fact that it's a, a two shot. Comp- uh, composite makes sense, which we'll get into in a minute with, you know, you've got stars in there and stuff. Yes, but and that's how you get the stars. You couldn't get them without. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But 231 seconds. Now, is mm-hmm. that information provided to you because you're shooting for the for the agency or is that information something anybody can find out?
1: Anybody can find out. It's all online. I mean, the, they in fact, you know, one thing about SpaceX, uh, especially SpaceX, is they're very much into PR. They're very much into an open book. Um, as long as it isn't a national security mission with some kind of classified information, right. um, they'll, they tell you exactly a play-by-play of when the first stage is going to burn is going to be over, when the second stage ignition is going to be. They tell you exactly the T plus, T minus times. Um, and it's all online.
0: Yeah, it's all available online. What? What? Before we get into the second shot, EXIF data. What happens? What would? What, what would I? What would I see differently if if the first stage burn is 231 seconds, and let's say that you, um, let's say that you exposed for 200 seconds when the first stage was 231, or that you exposed for 300 seconds when the first stage was. What would I see different in the picture if you didn't hit that?
1: So, well, you, and you can play with those numbers and I do it at occasion. I'm just trying to keep the streak in the shot for as long as I can. Um, Trying to keep that full streak all the way up until the end. When that first stage um, stops its burn and then the second stage lights, it's usually so far up in the atmosphere. You don't see as much of the glow, especially at the time we were at. So I just knew that, I mean, from previous shots that I've done, that that's about the time when I'm going to get the strongest streak that's going to remain. So, so
0: it's professional experience.
1: Yeah, it's experience. But you can really, I mean, kind of gauge by, you know, something in that 120-plus seconds is going to start giving you the curve. So you see how the, the, oh, okay, yeah. the rocket you you rocket. Um, so rockets, you know, they go straight up. But then they start immediately curving because what they're doing is they're doing gravity assist. So they're basically, they have to launch out of the atmosphere. So they have to turn and use gravity to assist them of getting out of the atmosphere, um, getting into orbit, basically. So, and, uh, so you have that curve, and the curve's different for every launch. Well, That's which was going to
0: be one of my questions. Shot yeah. number one being this, this rocket trail, this burn trail. Mm-hmm. How did you know where where it was going to go? Because I, I I have the feeling you're about to tell me it was absolute magic that it landed on the perfect rule of third.
1: No, it's never absolute magic with photography, right? I mean, at least my photography. A lot of it's planning. A lot of it's planning. I mean, yeah, but I you just plan- said you
0: didn't know where it was going to go.
1: No, you do know where it's going to go. You know, you know the trajectory in which it's going to go. Um, you know, um, the curve at which it's going to enter the atmosphere. So you can find all this stuff beforehand about the launch and know that, well, and I also, um, this shot actually started six months previous. So this shot started when I was over, I was actually in, uh, so I was at Jetty Park. So it's a, it's where Port Canaveral, it's where the cruise boats, if you've ever been on a cruise boat out of Port Canaveral, yep. it's where the boats pull in and out. Okay. Um, So I was there and I was actually photographing the uh, Disney boat leaving port. I was over there for another rocket launch. I was photographing the Disney boat leaving port. And I happened to watch out, walk out on the beach. I was walking down the beach. And then as I'm walking back, I saw this, this uh, lifeguard station, this lifeguard house. And I'm like, Hmm, that'd be cool. Like that'd be a cool foreground element. I wonder if that lines up with any pads over at Kennedy. So I pop out and I use photo pills. So I popped out photo pills, you know, GPS, my location kind of like started figuring out and I'm like, Ooh, you know, if they shoot something off a pad 40 and then they shoot it at night at the right time, that those two things are going to converge and that would be perfect. So then I kind of put that in my memory banks and I, you know, I have just like a file of just like shots that I've been thinking about and um, put that in my file. And then I knew on this SES launch, it was like, it was going to be prom pad 40. It was going to be in the middle of the night at the darkest time. And I'm like, there's my opportunity. That was my, that was the opportunity to do this shot. So I had to wait though, six months for the right opportunity because you shoot the rocket, whenever it lifts off, you don't get to choose the time. I don't get to choose if it's the right, middle right. Of the night, if it's in the middle of the day, or if it's at sunset you know, yeah, we'd all choose them, you know, sunrise, sunset shots, but you know, you can't do that. So you got to give, you got to do with, with what you're giving. And, um, that's what this shot, that's what you see is that was planned from that pad because it would line up with that guard house, you know, and it would curve. And then the other thing is with the satellite launches, there tends to be a more of a arc or a curve to them, which I, that's why I went after that launch because there was more of an arc or a curve to the, uh, the way the um, rocket would curve up into the sky. So, you know, there's a lot of planning that goes into it.
0: So, obviously, again, still on shot number one, you're on a tripod mm-hmm. for 231 seconds. Mm-hmm. Do you, I'm just curious, do you use remote trigger or mirror lockup? A remote
1: trigger, yeah. and It's definitely, it's all on ball. you know, just a remote trigger on ball mode. I actually use a wireless trigger is what I do, so that way I don't even have to touch the camera, okay. you know, and inter- interact with the camera
0: at all. Yep. And do you set the mirror to lock up or not? No. Okay. Because no. it's bulb mode it's so long it's you're yeah. not going to you're not yeah. going to actually so long. see that, yeah. Yeah. Um
1: and honestly when I first trigger it it's when the rocket isn't even up in the sky and it's so dark that it's black. You know, when you first trigger it you're triggering it when you first see the light of the rocket and it's still I mean out there for Florida actually Jetty Park is pretty
0: dark well then yeah now that i think about it 231 seconds you know this looks so light with the with the lights in the in the distance but that's obviously 231 second exposure but that again that's yep. shot number one and in shot number one i'm guessing you're mostly getting the lifeguard house the arc and the lights in the distance in the beach it's correct. the stars that are the second shot correct Correct. correct. And that could be taken anywhere, anytime, or do you also tend to take it from the same location to get the right lighting direction? So
1: I always want to, every shot that I make, I I try to do it at the time of the launch. I don't really want to like put in stars that weren't there or put in the sky that wasn't there. In fact, the star shot happened literally a minute after that streak was gone. I mean, it was... I basically got the star shot, took, I switched to the settings that I knew for I wanted the star, exposed the exposed the settings, that's it. So what you know, what would you the,
0: have exposed the stars at?
1: So the stars were at ISO 3200 for 20
0: seconds at F2.8. Okay, yep. which makes sense. That's kind of it's a standard setting. Star shot, yeah. Yeah, I mean, usually yeah. you hear 30 seconds, a lot of people say, but that if you go over 30, you'll get star trails
1: correct and that's why i stay at that 20 seconds cuz i really want them to be spots you know like really just
0: sharp points of light well so just- and part of what i love actually uh, about the the com- you know the the combination of the 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 rocket trail and the stars in this shot is that they're not overdone right so many people would have milky Way'd it <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And you would have gone, well, that's the same as taking a giant moon and dropping it in at the wrong size with the wrong light. Uh, It it might look really cool, but this this shot almost feels as though, and for those, I know some people listen on audio. I had somebody tell me the other day, I wish you would describe the shot because I listen on audio. So let me explain this shot to you. This is a beach scene where at just below the bottom rule of thirds is the horizon line of the beach. And on the left-hand side of the frame is is a lifeguard stand that is at an angle from you know the, the wide angle that you're doing. And strangely right dead in between two of the rails of the walkway to the lifeguards. I mean, you could not have positioned that rocket any more perfectly exactly between those two rails. It comes up, curves over to the right, hits the top rule of third as it fades away. In the bottom left behind the lighthouse are these beautiful colored city lights that blend up into the sky, but then about midway point of that arc, it transitions to, and here's my my main thing, this beautiful, subtle, starry sky. It's not overcooked. It's not overdone. It's, you could look at this shot and I'm embarrassed now to say that I did and think it was done in one shot. Mm hmm. In my head, it was, well, it's obviously a long exposure to get the rocket. So obviously, during the long exposure, he managed to get some stars. It's it's so well assembled. Well, thank so, you.
1: I appreciate that. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I'm going for. I mean, that's that's exactly that's my style that I, that I really that I've embraced that I love is I, I love to push the envelope between realistic and surrealistic just far enough where it's still realistic. Like I don't want to push it to that surrealism or like where this couldn't happen. Um, but I kind of I, I just edit it as if this is kind of what I remember. Might Which makes be a sense, right? Right. And fifteen percent farther than what I remember because I like to like jazz it up a little bit. But um, now there is one thing that I have to you know, in, in full disclosure, uh, with this shot, Uh-oh. there's one other thing that I did, and that is that lifeguard station is light painted, so that was light painted in that shot as well. So I, when I was doing the stars, took a tungsten. I, I had tungsten gelled a, a flashlight and just streaked across that light guard station just a little bit, just to bring that out into the foreground. So there's interesting. the. interesting. The, yeah, because, and like I said, that. that beach for 20 seconds, you dark. continually
0: light painted it. No, I did it for about five. Okay, so which is good for people point. to know, because it, it would have been daylight at that point. Yeah,
1: I just wanted to just kind of touch it with a little light just to bring out that lifeguard station into the shot, you know,
0: just enough. Um, what, what millimeter did you say this was shot at? Um, was it the 15? It was
1: the 15, but I want to say I might've been at 17. I'd have to look at here 17 or 18. So still really wide. 15. How
0: close to you really are, wide. how close to the lifeguard stand are you? Uh, Oh, uh, maybe 10 feet. Okay. See, know. cause in the picture, this is the beauty of wide angle. You look wide like you're 30 feet like away. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah. No Wait. 10 feet. And
1: I wanted to bring that
0: out because, and it was
1: like you talked about. I, I wanted the rocket to launch out of the almost like it was launching out of the lifeguard state station ramp, like it was running
0: down and does. jumping out. You, know, you that's didn't what know I it was going to be dead center between those rails, right? I
1: I tried my best, and I actually did it. I so mean, that, that was a,
0: that was a conscious effort, at least.
1: Yeah, and like I said, that what saves me on that is my iPhone. And having the ability through things like photo pills to buy my position, really dial in how many degrees, like, uh, I'm a little bit of a nerd, you know? Um, and we all, well, yeah. And, um, so I do, when I'm planning do a lot of that where I look at angles and I look at that, some of it is luck though, where you just have to, you just know, like I was like, that's what I wanted it to do. That's what it ended up doing. Like, yes I, I made it happen, but you know that a lot of that is i you know I couldn't do it without you know having that um, GPS coordinates and having that angle and and knowing if I position my camera here, the angle of the launch pad's going to be right through that guard station and that's going to be exactly because i had I had moved camera i so this was one of the so I had three cameras there because I had three shots that I wanted to do and this was but this was the main shot I wanted to do this is the shot in my head.
0: You so you took three cameras and did three different shots at the same time. That right there, my friend, is I brilliant.
1: I did because yeah, I had my bets. That that's called
0: you know backup plan. Yep, <laughs> yeah. Yep.
1: Well, it just it helps too because on this on this shoot, so I did not um, get credentialed for this launch because it was scheduled for during Photoshop World. So there was no way I was going to do it for during Photoshop World. We're so busy during Photoshop right. World even though it was the middle of the night, I wasn't going to get overdo it. But what ended up happening is this launch, um, got delayed so it didn't interfere, but I still was planning on going over and doing this shot, no matter if it was during Photoshop world, uh, because it was, this was shot at, uh, like two third or 1230 in the, in the middle of the,
0: the night. So okay.
1: 1241, I think is exactly it. So
0: you get these two shots back, mm-hmm. you bring them up on the computer. Mm-hmm obviously it's a composite. Mm -hmm. What do you do to this in post? What, what was done to this in post? Well, so, uh, first with the,
1: um, streak shot, it was just leveling out the levels. And then I did have to, at that point, um, remove the star trails because with it being that long of a shot, I was going to have star trails in that shot. How unfortunate or fortunately, there's only about six or seven stars that are bright enough to cut through that much, uh, you know. So I just had to remove a few star trails. Um, then on the star
0: shot, yeah, because you wouldn't. It, was, it just hit me. You were only at 100 ISO. Yes. So you you're not going to get you know this yeah. this milky bunch oh, yeah. of stars. I mean,
1: Truthfully if you like when I got there before I took the shot I had already set up what I knew what settings I wanted because I'd already run the 200 I had already run the test of that long when I get to a location uh, Like we're doing in a couple days We've got a shot planned where we're gonna go the night before so this I actually showed up early spent some time and exposed so I knew that my base exposure when i could get up to f22 and i could get at iso 100 that my base exposure would be just enough just to see the detail of what the
0: scene was but then the rocket is actually the light in which lights the scene so How a did rocket you know is it wasn't going to be pitch black at f22 and iso 100 cuz i, I because I ran a test beforehand. Okay, I right, literally cool. ran tests beforehand.
1: I mean, to that's see if you I, got
0: horizon lights and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, you get the you get the those those city you know like the pier lights that are out there and stuff. You get those, but I knew that'll be fine. Those will be fine. I just didn't want you don't want to make you want to make sure that your foreground that's going to be lit by the rocket is not being lit by something else. Right. You right. know, you want it to be lit by the rocket. That's why you see. Uh, in the sand, you see all the light coming from the rocket, you see the shadows coming from the rocket, you know. So stuff like what did you do to this, to the star shot? So the star shot was just again, um, you know, enhancing, you know, enhancing the stars a little bit, bringing out the colors and the stars and, you know, um, but all that's done with, you know, uh, all that was on Lightroom, just, you know, using the develop module, you just, you know, do your, uh, you know, your settings for your exposure, Settings, I, a lot of times I'll use, uh, for that one, I think I use a lot of HSL, you know, hue saturation, luminance, right. you know, sliders to kind of enhance the color to where I wanted it. Um, then took both of those shots into Photoshop and then blended them.
0: And you sandwiched them in there. Yeah. So, all right, here's the question then. I've never shot a rocket launch, mm-hmm. but obviously people can go during a, a launch to... um you know, to Canaveral and go to the visitor center, or you know, stand on a beach somewhere. I mean, it's not like it's not visible. Uh, you know, here I was driving the road in Palm Springs when SpaceX sent up whatever it was, SpaceX Nine, yeah, and and we saw it from everywhere. So, if somebody wanted to try doing this, you know, we've got Vandenberg here too. Um, yep. If somebody wanted to try doing this, and you were to give them, you know, one tip on how to get a better rocket photograph still love saying that (laughs) what's your one tip um well the one tip
1: that i would say is well one practice you got to go out and do it um that's really what what it was with me um is really the practice and the application but you really just have to know um the basics of the style of photography that you're going to do. So if it's a night shot, I'm gonna tell people, study night photography, study long exposures, because that's, that's what's gonna help you. If it's a day shot, you're gonna to need to know either you know how telephoto techniques or how to get yourself closer to a subject. Those are the two things. But that's like with this shot, anybody in the world has access to that location that I was at. There's not a single person, well, that could have shot that. I guess if you couldn't get into America, that would be the only person that couldn't have right, done that. Right, Anybody in the world could have shot this shot. This, this is not access. That this shot is, See, and that's, that's part of the reason I love it. Shot. I also yeah, love this, it. And
0: there, there's a number of things about this shot that I love. Again, it's that fairy tale kid thing to me of of a rocket, but it's it's also the the colors and the combination and the. Everything about it technically and photographically is dead on. Beyond that, there is that fairytale-ness of space that we all love. And of all the space shots that I've seen, and I've seen some really good ones. I had a guy uh right before I the the show ended on the this week in photo network that you may know, James Nighthouse. Um, he also shoots for NASA. Higher. And I did some stuff with James, but I did one of his landscape shots, but he also does a lot of, a lot of mm-hmm. you know, launch stuff. This shot captures just everything I think of in a rocket launch. You, you really do. You did a beautiful job on Thank this, Eric. You. Beautiful Thank job. So you. if people want to do what I do, which is browse and lose time browsing through your Instagram feed and your website, et cetera. Uh, if, if people want to find you, what's yep. your website?
1: So website everything is Eric Kuna. So E-R-I-K-K-U-N A. So it's Ericuna.com at Ericuna at Ericuna at Erikuna. So it's E R I K K U N A. Um you go And to that's for Instagram, that's for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, yeah, everything. Everything. So okay. I just I just kept it simple. E-R-I-K-K-U-N A.
0: And then uh, your work stuff, obviously you've got Photoshop World. What's that? Yeah,
1: PhotoshopWorld.com. Um, you can find out all the details there. And then um, kelby onecom
0: is the other big one. Okay, so people, I'm not kidding. We've all seen the rocket pictures, right? We saw them as kids even, and we've all watched at some point or another video of a launch. But some of his photography, you will, it's 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 the perfect meeting of still photography and, and um, that mental dream, right? Where you'll see one of his pictures and you'll immediately feel like you're watching it launch. Absolutely amazing. Eric Kuna, well, thank thanks you. so much for thank being on you. Behind the Shot, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks for having It's, me.
0: it's been so good having you here. And, and again, I got to get some more people from Kelby on too. Again, my name is Steve Brazel. As always, you can find a blog post associated with, with this episode. It's going to be at BehindTheShot.tv. Now, again, we've moved. <clears throat> I've gone out on my own. You can also subscribe at BehindTheShot.tv and please go drop us a review. Tell your friends about it. I want to try and get as many places as, as I absolutely can. You can see more of my work at uh, SteveBrazel.com. And then as far as, as social media stuff, we've got uh, Facebook is Steve Brazel Photography. And then both Twitter and Instagram are are Steve Brazel. That does it again once, uh, that does it once again. I'm having trouble talking after 30 minutes. That does it once again for uh, this episode of Behind the Shot. As always, we try and get inside the mind of great photographers by taking a closer look behind one of their shots. We'll see you next time.